0: I just want to say thank you for just giving me the privilege, especially our pastors, uh, just to, as I've said before, it's always uh, a privilege and an honor that, uh, to even be considered to stand up here, you know. Um, I just thank God for all the things that he's done in my life, and uh, I'll dismiss the kids since Jason forgot to, so... So, yeah, all our little kids go have fun. I slide down the slide one time for me. I'm too big to get up there anymore. So, I love the slides. So, tonight is just kind of a simple message, but it's just it's something that's kind of serious in my heart. It's something that's really been on my heart for some time, really, to be honest with you. And I'm going to talk a little bit about unity. Uh, Just, you know, we get so busy. Uh, The reason unity is is such a big thing on my heart is because I read in Acts where it says the apostles were all in one accord. You know, And, and some days I see as, you know, I go out across the state and I see churches that are not in one accord. You know, of course, we've got different denominations, and I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about inside the church. We tend to get into groups, you know, which that's fine. We're groups. We're, we're different ages and everything else. We're groups. But those groups should come together, in my opinion. I mean, that's just something that's on my heart is I believe there should be more unity in the church. And if we see more unity in the church, we'll see greater works of God. You know, it's just because it says in Acts 2, when the apostles or when the apostles, when they were all in one accord, we know that when they were in the upper room, the the tongues of fire coming set upon them. They done great things, praying in one accord. I mean, when they prayed in one accord, they prayed for Paul being in prison. What happened? You know, uh, prison doors were open. You know, just great things were were done because they were in one accord. It was because of the unity that they that they uh, had with one another. And somewhere along the way everything kind of got watered down. We got into separation somehow. Uh, I'm, I'm not real sure how that happened, but, you know, it's, it's here. It was a ploy of the enemy because he knew he had to divide us into groups. He had to segregate things. Uh, by doing that, uh, he watered down what we could actually do. And that, that's, that's why we're where we're at now is uh, we don't see the great miracles that we've seen. Uh, they were in such one accord in the Acts, the Church of Acts. I love, I love Acts. I really do, um, because they were so unified and they were so together. You know, this is not a fellowshipping church, but man, when we come together, we come together. You know that. I mean, when we come to for prayer, when we come to worship, we're here. You know, and and we really come together. And I love that about our church, and because. Whenever they come together in the, in the church of Acts, uh, there was nothing. I mean, they recognized the people walking down the street. They, re- they recognized Peter. You know, it reads that the, they were so together and so in tune with the Spirit and so into Jesus that when Peter would walk down the street, hey, there comes Peter. Get Cousin Joe, put him on the street. Maybe his shadow would just touch him. And, and people were healed. And so that's the reason, one reason unity has been on my heart. It's just been something that's been growing for a while on me. And, uh, you know, I believe this is a part of a key to us seeing some great things. I really do. It's us coming together. You know, I love Lance's heart over here. Lance, you know, he is all about going out. You know, uh, this, this snow cone thing that he's doing, man, he is all about going out. And I love that. And, uh, you know, if we, you know, there's some that's not called to that. There's some that's called to that, you know, and that's that's great. But together, unified, those that don't go will be backing him in spirit and prayer. That's the way we should be, right? Uh, We should just, we should back one another. The Bible says if one falls, we should come alongside and pick him up. Well, even if a brother hasn't fallen... We should still be there to hold them up, to hold them up in prayer. We should pray for one another, and you know, and I, I had to, I had to be honest. You know, that's uh, I lack in that sometimes. I don't think about everybody that I pray. Of course, if I did, I don't know that I'd ever get off my knees some days. But that's all right. So, um, I just felt like, Lord, give me a couple of points here to see great moves of God um, and be united in the Lord. Uh, one thing is. I must align my body. Now I love this because I was thinking about this, and Miss Thelma was kind of talking about this this morning. In her message, she said we had to tell the flesh no, because we had to renew our minds. Right? For in uh, what is it? Second yeah, Second Corinthians ten. Uh, put on my eyes where I can actually see something up here. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10, it says for us to renew our minds, bringing every thought into captivity. You know, uh, we have to use the Word of God to take every thought that we have into captivity to tell if it's us, God, or the devil, right? Amen. Because if we don't weigh it out, uh, we can get ourselves in a lot of trouble real quick, you know. as uh, I might say... uh, I might say something to SIE that uh, maybe I didn't need to say, you know, because I didn't weigh things out, because I didn't bring every thought into captivity. I can hurt people this way, and that's something that we need to do. And like Miss Thelma said, not only that, but to protect myself. So one of the first things i got to do is align my body, my mind, and my spirit with Jesus. Now, <clears throat> in order to do that, how do you do that? Spend time with Jesus, Right. So we just spend more time with Jesus. And like I said, in Second Corinthians, we bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now that helps us to uh, strengthen our minds. And once we get to, to bringing every thought into captivity, we get more in tune with Jesus. So we get control of our thoughts and we get more of the mind of Christ. And like Ms. Thelma said, we really need to cherish that word you know we got to read that word you know eat that word day in day out you know spend that time in that word <clears throat> the second point is i got to get my house in line you know as a as a head of the house or or the, the mom of the house whatever you know one thing we got to do is we got to train the house properly right uh, i'm jamie's husband you know i cover her So I need to make sure that I stay in line to help her stay in line. Because if we're not in line, then our houses are separated, right? And so therefore we can't really come together. Things can't work well in our house. Yeah, I mean, she can pray, I can pray, you know, and God will do things. But until we become unified, then we really see things move in our families, right? Um, So we we have to really bring our houses in line and then the second part, or third part—I'm sorry—the third part is this house. We got to come in line with the heart of our pastors, and this this is a big key, especially if we want to see great things done in our city. And in, in my opinion, um, I just felt like this: is something you know, we get our bodies in line, we get ourselves in line, we get our houses in line, we get in line with our pastors, and I believe that's a big key for us. Uh, because if we go one way and the pastor's going another, you know, who's the pastor going to lead? You know, it's hard to lead a flock that's going the opposite direction. You know, I like it. It'd be like herding cats. I love it saying right there. You ever tried to herd a cat? So, uh, so um, but uh, anyway, but getting the heart of the pastor, that's, that's one thing. Is become one flesh together. Um, you know, uh, just get together with our leaders. Uh, just be unified with those. So, if I align these things, the body of Christ comes together, and then so that puts us together. And I, I get this image in my mind. The the one thing that I see is, um, is like the making of a knife or a sword. All right. The reason I the reason I get that image is because. If I get myself in line, and I get my wife in line, and I get in line with my house, then we get under the covering of Jesus. And so he starts mending us together. Because if we take Jesus in and we start abiding in Jesus, then he starts engrafting us into himself and we in him. You see what I'm saying? And so we become folded together and we start becoming more unified. And as each and every house comes more unified with one another and with the house and with the pastors, we become in tuned with one another. And like I said, we become folded. Like I said, uh, I, keep, I keep seeing knives and, and swords and things like that. God is making a tool out of us. That's what we are. We are his workmanship. We are a tool. And so I see that. Uh, I study knives. I'm fascinated with knife making. It's something I want to do one of these days. Uh, but uh, I've kind of studied up on it and stuff. And, you know, some of the most famous swords and things in the world is the Japanese samurai sword, right? So I've done a little study on that, and here's part of the things i found. We know, We all know Japanese has some of the best steel out there when it comes to knife making. Now, the reason that's important is because the quality of steel they really start out with to make a knife is not that great. Alright, there's lots and lots of just junk. They actually take a certain grade of sand that they have over there and they start heating that sand up and melting it to get the metal out. And once they eventually get that metal out, then they start taking and adding other stuff together and they start folding those other metals into it. Now this is the important part here. Like I was just saying, when we get in line with christ and with each other and with the pastors and stuff we start folding together in christ we start indwelling in him the japanese swords most japanese swords authentic swords that are made that would really stand up and durable and stand test times those things the steel just to get the proper steel is so is folded time and time again now why is that important because that takes out the impurities Every time they fold it. Now, here's the thing. The thing is folded somewhere between 1,000 to 1,500 times to make one sword. So, so Christ is trying to get us unified and trying to get us to come together and trying to enfold us and graft us and folding us because as He folds us into Himself and us into Him, then He works out the impurities in us. And so now he is making a sword or he is making a tool. Now why is that important? Because now when we come together, when we're unified and come together, I've just thrown about half my notes out tonight so far. So when we come together, now he has a tool that he can send out and we become like the sword of the Spirit. Now we can send out, when our prayers become unified and when we get together as one and a, as a body, as a true body of Christ together, folded together and the impurities have been worked out, now we send out the sword of the Spirit because when we speak the Word, when we pray the Word and pray the, the Word of the Spirit and send it forth, it will pierce the dark, darkness and it will divide flesh and bone. It will do all that it says that it will do. Goes out, it will go into this city. It will pierce the darkness out of this city, breaking forth the light of Jesus into this city. So, uh, praise the Lord! Like I said, I just scrapped about half my notes right there this afternoon. Uh, but, but Father, you know it's just amazing that He folds us together. We are one in spirit. Uh, Ephesians four four. There is one body. One spirit, even even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. All right. And Colossians three fifteen, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to to the which also ye are called in the one body, and be ye thankful. All right. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I have no doubt in my heart that uh, I was called by the Lord, and I was called to this house. So I'm going to be thankful for my leadership. I'm going to be thankful for the people that I serve with. I'm going to be thankful for everyone here because this is who God has put me with. I'm going to be thankful for those that are over me because I know that they have my best interest at heart and they're going to do what is best for me. Even though I might not like what brother Jerry tells me, I know that it's for my protection and for my good. He is trying to keep me from hurt and harm. Uh, because I know, I can trust that he has sought God, he has asked God of these things, and whenever I ask him to help me with something, he's going to give me an answer that you know, God give him. And so here again, working out the impurities, working out the strengthening. Um, Genesis 11, of course, if you guys know the story of Genesis 11, uh, that's the tor- uh, story of the Tower of Babel, Right? Um, the reason that's important the reason that stood out to me is because what happened the people became so unified together that they had one common language and what did they do in that one common language hey they come together and said hey let us be, build a stairway to heaven and lord god said hey They have one language, one heart, one mind, and they have come together. And if we don't go down and do something about this, they will accomplish what they have set to do. Can you imagine that? Building a stair from here to heaven. A man made stair. Because God said they had one language. That's my point tonight. One language. Becoming together, becoming one. One heart, one language. One one body is what we should be. One, One in unity. For the body, and so you know, God had to come down, and He confounded the languages, and and so many say that's how we got uh, all the languages of the world. I don't know if that's true or not, but you know, hey, I'll go with that. So, but uh, my thing is, they were one. You know, what would happen if we were one in spirit, one in body? You know, what if we all come together? We were all able to come together. You know, uh, Sister Thelma called for a prayer meeting here while well back about the dragon. If we all really come together and we were really one body and we all come and prayed like Sister Thelma wanted, wanted us to and like Pastor wanted us to, uh, there's no telling what all we could have shaved off this building. You know, not only the dragon, but, you know, anything that even come close to it, just, just kind of like a lightsaber, just touch it and it's gone. So, uh, praise God. We, I mean, if we become one, I really believe God can do great and mighty things. Psalms one thirty three and one says, "Behold how great and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity." In other words, unity is a good thing. You know, when I come in here, you know what? You know, oh, there's there's brother so and so. I'm I'm not gonna go over next to him. You know, I should love him, no matter what. No matter what, you know. If we don't love people, how do people know how to love? You know, we have to show one another love. I mean, I, we not be unified if we don't teach one another. You know, I'm so thankful, like I said, for my pastors. I really love my pastors. But beyond that, I love my deacons. My deacons have been there. They've they blessed me in many ways, you know, with prayers and, and words and things like that. So... You know, just those little things, uh, seeking out the wisdom of our body, because they've taught me. They've taught me through different things. And it's just so great. And not, not just deacons, but, you know, there's others here. Some of you guys have spoke things into me that, uh, man, you didn't even know it was a word that I needed at the moment. But I did. And so, you know, that's all I needed. I needed to know it. You didn't. I did. And God knew how to say it. That's all it takes is us to show and teach one another how to love. One of our duties as men and as women of this church, as the elders of the church, not so much elders, but as older people, is to teach our young people. The Bible says to train the child in the way he should go, and when he gets old, he'll never part from it. So how are we going to send anybody into the world if we don't teach them how to love and how to be unified as a body? How can, uh, how can Nate or Sarah or, or anybody that's fixing to go back to school, how can they go and show love to somebody in a broken world if we don't show them love here at home? You know, how are we going to reach a broken world? Trust me, our world is broken. I don't know how much you guys get to travel, but trust me, I travel all across the state, and it's amazing some of the things I see. Honestly, just being honest. Some of the places I go is like, maybe I need to go back to house get my nine. I don't know about this. Uh, I go some shabby places. I'm not going to lie to nobody, you know. I've been in some dark circles, man. Uh, but, uh, you know, it makes you wonder. But I, I just uh, thank you, Lord, for your protection, you know. But, uh, but still, I wouldn't know how to go into that if I didn't know what I've learned from this house how to love and how to treat people it's amazing I have I have gone to places and I, I've walked up to people man and they come out and they, they look like they're ready to bang you you know right there uh, but I smile and I say hi, hi how are you doing and you know what I've seen a many of those mean looks turn into I'm good how are you today you know It's just the love, just what we portray, you know, and it's because we are one body and we have taught one another. The pastor has done his best to teach us how to be one here and how to to love one another. Ephesians 4, 2 and 3 and verse 13. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace in verse 13 till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of god unto perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ in other words we're to abide with one another in unity live with one another in peace you know this, this, this striving, this, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, and, and whatever. You know, uh, and and I'm not just talking about our church. I see it in other churches and stuff. I see it in people, and I, that's why I say we need unity in the house to come together and stand because, like the the apostles did. But uh, you know, when we have unity, then that we can keep things out from trying to come into us. And I love, I looked up this last part of verse 13 here. It says, uh, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That, that phrase kind of caught my attention. So that is the measure of the maturity of the completion of Christ. So to me, that says we are to dwell in loneliness and meekness with one another, abiding with one another until we get the true revelation of the full completeness of what christ done for us and what he's doing in us trying to build us into one body you know that's that's what i got out of that i don't know if that's what you got out of it. that's what i got out of it but uh, christ is so indwelling in us like i said trying to enfold us and trying to make us stronger like I said to use us as a tool so let me ask a question what if we did act as one body what if we all come together and we were of one accord just like the, uh, the Acts 2 church? Can you imagine? Could you imagine what we could do? Youth, can you imagine what we could do? These youth have big hopes and dreams. I can see it. I watch them. I watch them. Uh, there's others in here that big have big hopes and dreams. I, I, I personally believe and I know there's been some words spoken over Camden, over the Victory Church, but I'm talking Camden in general. I truly believe that there is going to be things come out of Camden that the people in this nation is going to say, where was that? I believe that. I believe that. That's a word. And I believe God wants to get us in such a unity, uh, you know, that we just outshine things will come out of this place that people would never even thought of coming out of this place you know that God was so used Camden Arkansas and here's my thing in unity um, not like I said not just this church but what if every church in Camden started getting the same heart That's, that's my thought the body of Christ is not Victory Church the body of Christ is every church out there that loves and worships and serves our God and our King. That's the body of Christ. If they are the New Testament church, if they believe that Jesus come and died and paid for their sins and they just serve the living God, you know, then they are the body. And so what if we engrafted all the body together here in Camden, Arkansas? What is it? I can't remember what it is. Somebody told me one time, I mean, is, how many churches are around here? A hundred and something churches just in Camden, in the Camden area, is that right, Charlotte? Something like one hundred and thirteen churches or something of that nature. We got a church on every street corner. What do you want to be today? You want to be Methodist or Pentecostal? What you, no, I'm kidding. So, but um, what if we got the churches together? You know, uh, we all have different beliefs. That's fine. But if we had the same heart as our Father, if we come together, believe in the same Spirit, and coming together unified, folded together, making here again, making that tool, man, could we appear some darkness with that. No. So what if we showed the world what the body of Christ really looks like? Like I said, you know, what if we got all the churches together showing their love for one another, Um, it says, the reason that's important, showing our love for one another, the reason that's important, because how will they know we are Christians? By our love for one another. That's what the Word says, right? The Word says, they will know you're Christians by your love for one another. That's what I said. If we got every church together, No matter denomination or anything, if they just simply believed that Jesus done what He said He done, and they just received and followed the Spirit and uh, followed the Word of God, and if all churches become unified uh, and we showed each other love, oh, there's Brother Johnny. He's from uh, he's from the Baptist church down the street. You know, oh, there's Brother Tim. He's from the Methodist church down the street. It don't matter whether Baptist or Methodist, they're brothers. You know, we got to unify ourselves together uh, to become one, become a complete body. you know I don't you know seen a lot of pictures of Jesus not one time did I see him missing an arm or a leg or anything else because the church misses no parts. the, Christ, the body of Christ has nothing missing. He is complete, right? Uh, yeah, they put holes in him they done everything they could but when he come out of that grave, there was nothing missing, nothing torn, nothing ripped. It was all fixed. It was all healed. All right, so if we live in unity, we will be in one accord, just like I said, in the Acts 2 church. Um, and there will be some great things going to happen From Camden, like I said. Um, what's really great is if we live in unity, Part of part of my point for tonight for unity is, as we live in unity and stuff, we become one accord, not only in body, but in spirit. Now, the reason that's important, in my my opinion, is because when we become one in one in spirit, we start praying one in spirit. All right. In Revelations 1:15, it says, "When Jesus spoke, his voice was like the sound of many waters." All right. So. I don't know if y'all listened. I, I listened to this one time. It was just something that I felt like the Lord showed me on a Monday night prayer. It was I, I got to listening as people were praying. I wasn't listening to what their prayers were because they were praying in spirit. Lord knows I can't discern all that. But uh, Phil Rich talked about different dialects. And so that stood out to me because as people pray... Different generations have different dialects, and different people at different times have different dialects. Uh, Y'all know what I'm talking about? Uh, You know, when Brother Jerry prays, he sounds a whole lot different than what I sound like. You know, uh, he sounds a whole lot different than what most of you guys sound like. Um, But there's, to me, it's like it's a generational thing. Uh, Certain generations have certain dialects of of, uh, tongues. Does that make sense? And so, when we pray, the Lord speaks through us. And when He speaks through us, it's the sound of many waters, because there's many dialects. In other words, there's many things going forward, in many different terms and languages. Because when they they went to the, uh, when the tongues fell, what they say, we hear Galileans speaking in our own languages. They couldn't even believe. That they were speaking in the tongues that they were speaking in because they're Galileans, they're uneducated people. They don't know how to speak our language or anything else. They're drunk. I've been drunk, but it never gave me a dialect like that. So, but God can give us a dialect, and and it just we can speak. Like I said, you know. They said they're speaking in our native languages, and they're Galileans. You know, I, I barely do English good. I'm kind of like Brother Jerry. I can do South Arkansas real well, but I can't do much else I pass that. You know, my English is not that great. So I'm glad Miss Thelma ain't here. She's looking at me right now. But uh, praise the Lord. Jesus knows how to teach us any language. We could go into a foreign country and pray for somebody and pray their language and never know it. You know, like Mr. Mary Forsyth, uh, she come and preached and said, you know, when she got filled with the Holy Spirit, she said, da, 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 da. And the whole time she found out it was Russian for, yes, 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 yes. You know, how unique is that? So, I'll wrap up here. My point tonight is... We need to become one in body. We need to become one in spirit. We need to show love for one another. It doesn't matter our differences of opinions or anything else. We need to come together through all things, through Christ. Um, If we seek Christ, all other things fade away. I mean, I want to be used by God to do whatever I need to do. You know, um... That's a scary thought. Right there in its own, that's a scary thought of doing whatever God wants you to do because I'm not sure I can go to India if He calls me to go there. But I want to do what He calls me to do. And we can do more than that if we become unified uh, in one body. Um, If we just let Jesus take over... And join us together, one in spirit, through Him. Like I said, we become folded and molded together. Because we dwell in Him and He dwells in us. And so if we abide in Him and He abides in us. And as He folds us together, as He works out the impurities. As He brings us and makes us one. He becomes the backbone. He becomes the centerpiece. The main being that gives us strength to break the things off of the city. To break the things off of this county. To break the things off of this state that are holding us back. To break things off of this nation. And to break things that are holding back this world. We live in a broken world. Like I said, come jump in the car with me. I'll show you some weird things. I can take you some places and and not go any place bad. But you will see some crazy stuff, just crazy things. You will see just how true. I mean, just in this state alone, you can see. And you know, Jamie and I went to Tennessee, and we uh, <laughs> we saw some weird things. I want to share share something with you guys, just to, just to show you how bad our world is. Jamie and I went to Tennessee a couple weeks ago. We went to Celebrate Recovery Conference out in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Uh, We drove. Uh, GPS said it'd take us like six hours to get there. It took me uh, over eight, almost nine hours to get there. And so we get there. Man, we're tired. We go. We check into the hotel room. And so when we check into the hotel room, she tells us where our room's at. And so we go around back there. And as we go around back there... Jamie takes the key card and she slides it and she opens the hotel room. Now, there's signs posted everywhere. This hotel is 100% smoke free. And when she opens that door, man, I thought we had walked into a bar. There's so much smoke and stuff in our room. So that wasn't bad. I mean, you know, I can open the door and I can open the window. I can turn on the air and I can kind of air that out and get that out. So the funny part is, uh, right? When you go into the hotel rooms, there's always a directory right there, right? And so laying on the directory, right on the sign that said, this is a 100% smoke-free hotel room, I knew this was going to be a good trip because when we got there, there was the end of a marijuana cigarette laying on on our 100% smoke-free sign in in our room that night. Now tell me that's not a messed up world. I guess they left me a favor. I don't know, Lance. I just. (laughs) So, I I texted Thelma real quick. I said, Look what I found. She said, Don't smoke it. (laughs) So, um, our world's so messed up that they think that this is going to set them free. When the only thing that's going to set them free is going to be our love and our unification together, uh, sharing to the whole world trying to unify the body of Christ to share our love with one another and so right now I'm not really going to make an altar call I don't guess but you know if you feel like we need to be unified more or if you want to seek out the Lord on how to unify us more as a body